Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm Bill if Jesse Thorne. We're in chambers this week, clearing the docket. And with me, as always, is hooded sweatshirt memo getter, <laughs> Judge John Hodgman. That's a joke that, about something that our audience can't see that everyone on this week's program is wearing a hooded sweatshirt. We are all wearing hooded sweatshirts today on our weekly Judge John Hodgman Zoom call. Yeah. This <laughs> is how we stay in touch, how we stay connected. And it's not just you and me and and uh, producer Jennifer Marmer, Jesse. Look, I'm going to introduce our special guest in a second, but I got I to gotta set this up. It is now December. We are approaching the winter solstice in the Northern Hemisphere, which this year is December the 21st, the longest night of the year, the longest night of 2020. Like we needed more of it. Whatever holiday you observe around this time, it's a time across cultures to kindle a light against the darkness and eat food, take comfort in family and friends, maybe only by Zoom as we're doing now. Don't travel if you can help it. But definitely eat a lot of food and hope at the end of this long night the sun rises again. But given 2020 so far, all bets are off. The sun may never rise again. I don't know. We'll see what happens. December 22nd might be the beginning of perpetual night. Who knows? But if that happens, if the sun doesn't rise, there is someone you want six feet safely by your side. And that is our special guest, Jean Grey, your favorite polymathic artist of words and music and pictures and ideas, member of the Legion of Judge John Hodgman guest bailiffs, long live the Legion, Famed throughout the world for a portrayal of Monica on Dicktown on Hulu. Throughout the world, minus the UK and Canada and Australia. Basically any other nation, sadly. Uh, get a VPM, mates. Bit.ly slash Dicktown. The creator of the forthcoming podcast, Stacy Jambles, ace detective with no short-term memory. And also a holiday entertaining super expert. The indescribable, because she cannot be contained by words, Jean Grey. Hi, Jean. Hi, and, oh, and hygiene is so important, especially right now. So yeah. important. Wash your hands when you come in. And also, hello to our, our special uh, pandemic uh, frequent guest, the leaf blower outside Jesse's house. <laughs> <laughs> if you're concerned that the sun doesn't rise the day after the solstice, uh, well, I have an ally. No right. leaves will be left unblown in my neighborhood. <laughs> You're going to be like Bruce Campbell in The Evil Dead 2. You're going to strap a leaf blower to the stump of your right arm. It's going to be like Mad Max Fury Road, only instead of a guitar that spews flames, it's a guy on a giant spring with a leaf blower. <laughs> that guy's the doof warrior? You'd be the leaf warrior. Yeah. Gene Gray, thanks for Those being Those are good here. jokes. Well, look. <laughs> That's where my humor's at right now. What happens I just listen is, a lot, and I'm like, yeah. that was a fun chuckle. What? Yeah, that's more accurate. That's more accurate than good jokes. I'll say that was a fun <laughs> chuckle. I'll take that. I enjoy that. And relatable now, right. because there are um, lawnmowers and leaf blowers in my neighborhood. This is a life I've never lived. Right, because you have now moved to Balmer, Maryland. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What used to be called uh, Washington, D.C.'s Brooklyn. I read that in a newspaper article. What year was that? That uh, that was in the 60s when Brooklyn was not a good thing. It used to be called Loser's Town, too, back then. So they were like, uh, this is where a lot of black people are in the city. It's the that's same. Right. That's right. 
then in 1975, they, they got some advertising executives to come up with a new nickname for Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And that nickname is, as you know, Charm City. Yeah, it's very charming. Charm City. Gene, you have a new home in Baltimore, Maryland. Yep. You are getting ready to celebrate uh, uh, the, the winter solstice, mm-hmm. Saturnalia, the darkest night of the year and all attended mm-hmm. holidays mm-hmm. for the first time. And good thing, because we are here to adjudicate cases about holiday decor, traditions, awesome. home heating, and more. So let's get into it. Here's something from Corey. My wife and I always get into a dispute this time of year. When we set up our Christmas nativity scene, she has the shepherds and wise men face in toward the baby Jesus, which is more like real life. I prefer them to be faced outward toward the viewer, like a stage. Who's right? I can see and hear that uh, Jean Grey is laughing at something. She's having a pleasant chuckle. Yes. What's happening, Gene? What are you well, reacting I'm, to? I'm, I'm looking at the photo and... Right. Um, this is a photo re- of their nativity scene. <laughs> this is a photo of the nativity. And in then I immediately realized um, that it is so awesome to have it have some sort of realism instead of to function like a stage play, like I normally see nativities doing because immediately in right. my mind, I went to like... I'm wise men and number one, and I brought the frankincense. But wait, I'm wise men number two, and I've got the myrrh. And then I'm wise men number three, and no one's more important than me. I brought gold. Like, it's not a musical. I see in this picture here, baby Jesus framing his head with his hands and giving a little shake. He's selling the whole son of God thing. Well... I think that it will not be too controversial to say that religion is theater to a certain degree. Uh, Acceptable. There is no realism in a nativity scene because there are competing descriptions in the Gospels about what actually happened in this manger. For sure, there's no the the magi, the the bearers of the frankincense, gold, and myrrh. By the way, good job, magi who brought gold. That's a good gift. Yeah, it's the best one. Like, you brought oil and then uh, incense. Like, get out of here. Somebody brought gold. You better bring it. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing? I don't care about the other two. I'll take the gold. You you two magi can go. That's the first words of baby Jesus. Give me the gold. Give me the gold. If a magi came to your birth, what would you like to uh, the magi to bring? The magus is the singular magi, I guess. So we're taking frankincense, myrrh, and gold off the table. Yeah, mm-hmm. those are, uh, let's say three magi have brought you those three things. But uh. hark, lo. Uh, upon the horizon is a fourth magus. What's he bringing, Gene? Or she? Or they? Um, For you. What, what is their whole deal? Like, what do they do? Are they supposed to be able to be like, oh, I know. Were they like, oh, I know who you're going to be. And so we, we brought this stuff. Alternately, they are, they are wise men or kings mm-hmm. who, who were drawn to to visit the baby Jesus because they heard this prophecy that he was going to be hot stuff. Yeah, there's oh. sort of a stamp of legitimacy. It's like uh, uh, you know the prime minister of Canada calling Joe Biden. That's right. Okay. That's right. They're saying congratulations on being the son of God. Right. Um. 
Yeah, I would want that to, I would want like the full truth about like stuff or I would basically like want a new home because I don't know how they like brought him a bunch of stuff, but they were like, you're in a barn. Cool. Yeah. Bye bye, kid. Not, Child. Not merely in a barn, I learned. It's, must, it's oh. a, a trough. A manger. You know, I always thought a manger was the barn, but the manger is a food trough that he that they used as his cradle. Which yeah, makes sense because cradle. it's manger for M A N G E R. It's it's the yeah the co- the cognate is or whatever it is the the yeah, word so root is that. Plus, there's no crib bed. for his bed. Right, they didn't have yeah. a crib. They put, they put him in a bowl. They put the baby Jesus in a food bowl. So maybe yeah. maybe a Sweet bed and not maybe gold. A bed. Maybe because okay. I can't yeah. use the gold. That is more practical because my first thought was ham, like a big <laughs> ham. <laughs> Like maybe like a honey baked spiral cut type deal for a baby. Just wait, something for everybody to gnaw on because everybody's oh, coming in. It. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a not like a yeah. If, if if ham is in your dietary wheelhouse, that's always a pleasant gift. It lasts for years, thirty three yeah. years, I believe, biblically speaking. How about antibiotics? <laughs> oh yeah, too. like she just gave good. birth in case there was an infection. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. He's in a trough, like or just the germ up. theory of disease. Yeah, then oh, that's just great. the knowledge that people uh-huh. should wash their hands while delivering the baby. Also, soak the beans. <laughs> soak the <Yeah>. beans. <laughs> Don't forget to soak the beans. <laughs> that's a Casper Hazard reference. Look it up. The Casper yeah. Hazard radio. What is it? Comedy podcast. Uh, yeah, Casper Hazard comedy podcast. You need yeah. that. Yeah, go check that out on MaximumFun.org. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree. Like I'm the the realism here. Mm-hmm. That, that informs Corey's dispute is uh, fakeism. Because, of course, <laughs> this is, there are many different depictions of this moment in the life of the probably historical figure Jesus. They are, in the Gospels, they are often contradictory. These three magi did not show up until two years after Jesus was born in one of the Gospels. Uh, Don't ask me which one. I'm not a biblical scholar. I looked it up. Gospel briefly. number 14. Right. That's and the native. They're labeled. And the nativity itself was always a piece of theater. And in fact, it, it started as like a Christmas pageant, like a, a live stage show that was actually, according to Wikipedia, St. Francis of Assisi mounted the first live nativity scene in 1221. And that's why they refer to St. Francis of Assisi as uh, the Corky St. Clair of Franciscans, the patron saint <laughs> of community theater. I just, I don't want to see it set up like a sitcom. Like, I like right. the fact that they're all doing this, but I would say, like, maybe just make someone, like, break the fourth wall. Just one. <laughs> like, the office. Just one sheep is looking out yes. at the audience with one eyebrow raised. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> yes. Son of God. <laughs> what is you're, this? You're probably wondering how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> Flashback. <laughs> Flashback yes. to that sheep being born going, where's my golden <laughs> myrrh? I agree and concur with your wisdom, uh, you two other magi. This magi, I feel, this wise person says, uh, it looks better seeing their backs. I mean, they are there in veneration Mm -hmm. of the Christ child, A. Mm -hmm. B, if you had them all facing outward, it wouldn't look like a nativity scene. It would look like a display of your Warhammer figurines. This Mm -hmm. is better. No offense, no offense to your display of Warhammer uh, figurines, specifically Stuart Wellington from the Flophouse. Yeah, Stu Wellington, who paints Warhammer figurines live on Instagram. uh, I would like you to create a nativity scene of your Warhammer figurines. What am I doing with my life? 
know. I know. <laughs> All you have is your own church, Jean. Damn it! I did I forget really to mention. Need to think differently. The Jean has her own church called the Speaking. Speaking of religion as performance, mm-hmm. uh, Jean has her own church, which is the Church of the Infinite You, which right. meets on occasional Sundays on Twitch. And the and the, uh, everyone follow Gene on Twitter and Instagram. We'll give all the handles at the end yeah. to find out when the next one is because this is some church you can really use. And uh, a nice family named the Wisemans once came to the church. So <laughs> there you go. What'd they bring? A ham? <laughs> a ham. <laughs> three hams. <laughs> they brought me three hams and I was oh like, this God. is a lot. The and I was like, that's also up. an interesting gift uh, from the Wisemans. And before I get letters people of faith. I, I honor and respect your faith. When I say that uh, religion is theater, that is, in my opinion, a compliment to religion because theater is where we come together when it is safe to do so and, and sit in silence and contemplate bigger truths and, en- and enjoy a communion both in the audience and with performers on stage who are asking the big questions. So please do not um. feel that I am denigrating religion. I'm trying to pay it a compliment. All right. Let's take a quick break. More items on the docket coming up in just a minute on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org, and they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024. 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I, I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step-by-step, day-by-day, bird-by-bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids graduation to whatever. 
I have one of these and I got one for my dad and I got one for my mother-in-law and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long and we're able to easily update their aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up, seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. We're clearing the docket this week with our friend Gene Gray. Here is a case from Leah. My husband and I traditionally do not get too much into Christmas decorations for various reasons, not the least of which is that he's Jewish and I am a lapsed Catholic. However, during this pandemic year, the spirit of Christmas has struck me to the core. I want to go all out with Christmas decorations to bring some joy and whimsy to this dark winter. I have my eye on a fiber optic rainbow extravaganza Christmas yes. tree from Hammaker Schlemmer, which he thinks is garish. He prefers a more natural and understated tree. I want an explosion of color and maybe an inflatable Frosty the Snowman on our lawn. Help us decide whose design aesthetic prevails. Gene, have you received the most recent Hammaker Schlemmer catalog in the mails? I have not. I'm sure your 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 new address is updating throughout the catalog community, so it'll <laughs> I, I be hope coming. So. so, all right, I have received it, so I knew exactly <gasps> what Leah was talking about, and I found it on their website. I sent I sent I put a link in the document that you can all now open. Oh. This is my present to you. Oh. Do you see it? The white northern lights tree. I don't know why they. It's a joy. It white northern lights tree. You know why it says white northern lights. <laughs> This is why I don't order this catalog anymore. <laughs> this is a full, fluffy, wow, fiber optically, uh, uh, pine needled fir tree imitation that has programmable lights. It can, I think, it can pulse and change. Yeah. It says it creates a dancing cascade of colors along its branches. I got to say, what do, you, what do you think about this in their home, Jean? Um, I think that that is awesome. And as someone who grew up in a, my dad was a very strict Muslim. Mm -hmm. And my mom was sort of like, I'm everything. But she didn't get to celebrate that. So we never got the opportunity to like have Christmas in the house or I I had my first like real Christmas and like Christmas tree like three years ago oh wow. and man I love I love Christmas so much I am not a religious person of, of no. I just the feeling of it the Ni idea neither of it, the is Christmas no I mean, it's but, not yeah, yeah. it's got his name in it but mm -mm. yeah um I I was so excited to do it. I was um, just uh, talking to Kwale about, like, my mom um, took us when we were kids to go see the Santa at 
Macy's, like the Macy's yeah. Macy's, not yeah, yeah, a yeah. Macy's. Yeah. Macy's, uh, you know, uh, Macy's Miracle Prime. Macy's. The um, Miracle on 34th Street. The Miracle Street on 34th Santa. Macy's. So yeah. we got to, you know, it was like 10 blocks away from us. And she got in a whole bunch of trouble because of it. And she was like, no, I want my kids to have this experience. And I still have the picture of us like sitting on Santa's lap. And I look very upset. But the idea that she was like, no, you should get to have these experiences. We're at like this Macy's. It's magical. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be a part of this faith or anything to appreciate celebrating or feeling good or good feels and lights and, you know, and toys. And um, so we do big Christmas. And this year, especially because everything has been horrible. I'm like, no, we should go all out. Like, yeah, let's get a blow up snowman and right. a Santa and and like maybe one of the, the car wash tube guys for no reason and paint him <laughs> in Christmas colors. They have them online. They're one hundred and twenty nine dollars and yeah. the, the pump is ninety nine and they you can get the one with two legs, which is much better than the one with one leg. Well, the um, one with one leg is just a tube. He's just a worm. He's just a tube. Right. Um, and I'm like, let's let's go all out to have some like joy just yeah. yeah go for it i love this tree i don't know if it would be our only tree you mean but... you might get two of them yeah yeah well they do come in a four and a half foot size and a seven and a half foot size well, i think i mean the problem. the well, husband the... here is not wrong that it is obscenely garish <laughs> yes it's <laughs> also <Yes>. extremely <laughs> expensive that oh, is tr- that is that. true well, it costs about as much as ten regular Christmas trees. Oh well, uh, unless you're in Manhattan, then it's then oh. it's a cost of two. <laughs> it's five hundred dollars <laughs> for the seven and a half foot one. It's five hundred dollars, and for the, and for the four and a half foot one, it's two fifty. But you really need oh, to have both. Bad. You really need to have both to get the mother and child uh, <laughs> garish Christmas tree look. I but feel no. like if you spend the $500 to buy the seven and a half foot version of this tree, you are sort of morally obliged to spend the rest of the money to get the hologram Liberace to perform in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the rest of the money in the world? In yeah. The, all of it? <laughs> Why not the little tree? Why not the smaller one like next to the bigger one or in another room? No, go hard or go home. That's my yeah. feeling about these. No, I, I, I think I think you guys are um, skimping on the factor of walking because all we have is being inside. So don't just make that one room the special room, like put something in another room and you're like, oh, this is a Christmas tree. And then you go into another room. You're like, but what about this Christmas tree? This is a right. whole new Christmas. I think it's different this year. I think put as much joy in different rooms as you can. If you got the space. I have always wanted one of those aluminum Christmas trees mm-hmm. that have an, mm-hmm. you know, colored modern. up lights. Yeah, I think those are really neat. You should get I one. always have had a, 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 a natural Christmas tree because what better way to, to celebrate whether it is the, the birth of Christ or the general sense of rebirth after the longest night in the year? Because after all, Christmas is a synthetic observance, taking in all different kinds of traditions, pre-Christian pagan traditions of Yule in Germany and across the uh, the Celtic area, and then obviously later all kinds of commercial traditions 
of uh, Coca-Cola and Santa Claus and um, all those other sort of commercially invented traditions that kind of got rebranded with with Christianity uh, sometime during the early Christian church. Um, but in fact, Christmas itself was not celebrated by most Christians, indeed, the, the Puritans who invaded and then lived in New England, the region of uh, uh, Southeast Canada, where I am from, uh, abhorred Christmas. They thought it was a, it was a completely um, a decadent tradition and a, essentially a pagan tradition. It wasn't until the Victorian era that Christmas, as we know, came to be propagated throughout the English-speaking world. So the point I'm saying is, there are a lot of different traditions. My tradition was always to get a natural tree in my home with my mom and dad and then in my own home because what better way to celebrate rebirth during the darkest night of the year than killing a tree and watching it die slowly. But my grandmother always had a not a, not a mid-century modern aluminum tree like you speak of, Jesse, but just a, a really classic fakey tree, fakey hardware store tree um, that was the needles were all silver. And there was a, I have a fondness mm-hmm. for that as well. And this particular year, as you point out, Gene, this is a year where we really need a lot, a lot of light in all of this darkness. I think it's a great time, like as me, in many ways, the way we've been reevaluating our relationship with work, our relationship with our, our friends and our family, our relationship with our government, what we want from a society. It's a good time to just go ahead and try something new for Christmas. And if Leah and her husband are in a position uh, financially to splurge on the seven and a half foot tree, I think they should do it because here's here's what. You have this tree for this year and you just enjoy this mm-hmm. garish display and then you can keep it next year if you love it or I bet you could donate it to a school or to a nursing home mm-hmm. or to some other organization that might appreciate it next year. I would hope that you would make some, you know, equal donation to a, a charitable organization or to people who are in need. Like if you only have $500 left in your life, take care of yourself. Don't buy this tree. But if you buy this tree, if you can afford $500 for this cuckoo tree, then put $500 into the hands of people who need it. And I think that's a very nice way to create a dancing cascade of new experiences in your Christmas and in others or your holiday. Quite like the Northern Lights themselves. A dancing cascade of colors? That's right. Yeah. One thing that I used to do with my son, we would play a game when, remember the Sky Mall catalog? Oh, yeah. Well, the Sky Mall has gone to the great uh, recycling bin in the sky. Mm-hmm. We'll always have Sky Mall, M-A-U-L, Casper Hauser's pair of perfect books. Pair of perfect Sky Mall parodies, yeah. Yeah. But I've put a link in the document, which you guys can both open if you don't mind, because we used to play a game with my, my son and I in the Sky Mall catalog where we would go page by page while we were maybe flying to a, a place and passing the time. And we would our agreement was, as a thought experiment, if you have to buy something on each page, what would it be? And while Sky Mall is no longer a- a- around, Hammaker Schlemmer certainly is a good way to do this. So I've sent you the link to their new arrivals page. <laughs> so Gene and Jesse, here on the new arrivals page, top row, there are four items you have to pick one. The 750-watt wall outlet heater, 
the Hammaker Schlemmer classic Lionel train that goes around a tree, children's race car simulator, or four foot twinkling Christmas bubble light? Oof. This is easy for me. I I love that giant bubble light. This is something distasteful (laughs) that I could get into in an instant. I, uh, I, you know, I, this summer, my, uh, my father passed away and there's never been in my life anyway, a greater bubble light enthusiast than my dad. Like my dad would plug in the bubble lights that he had bought it at, uh, at coal hardware down the street from our house. And he would like giggle with glee as they feebly (laughs) bubbled on our Christmas tree, just barely working, just always barely working. He loved them so much. Uh, And this one, which is four feet tall, seems seems perfect. All right, four foot tall. Gene, do you concur or do you get something else? No, something else. The race car simulator, hands down, (laughs) because I have been known to anytime I see... um, like a, uh, if I'm somewhere and I see those like kids, like the the little horses outside a supermarket, just anything that a, that is only for children and I should not be able to fit into, I will cram myself into that area, and and get on that child's toy and make children wait until and I have spent like twenty dollars just being there for a long time. Perhaps I was drinking. Perhaps I was completely sober. Nothing would give me greater joy. Then to put this in in the living room and to randomly hurt myself. <laughs> trying to get into it. It's trying to get into this. I'm sure I would break it, but and my knees would be up in my ears, but um it would bring it would bring me a great amount of joy. I have to say though, John, that y- yeah. you unnaturally constrained our choices. And on my front page, as it appeared on my computer screen, the item I would choose above all others comfortably by an enormous margin is item 96554 the illuminated earwax remover <laughs> this is the ear cleaning tool that uses five leds oh. to illuminate the ear canal and mm-hmm. an integrated 1080p camera to see and target wax buildup so you hold it in your hand shove it in your ear and look at your phone where there's like a colonoscopy camera broadcasting directly to your phone via bluetooth <laughs> All right, I'll give, I'll give you that one. Gene, I, I will offer you one more chance to trade up. I'm not going to trade up, but if it were anything else, it would be the hand pain relieving mitt because I would just keep them on all the time. <laughs> just as an excuse. It would be like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't. I just, just type in with them, just everything. I'd be like, it I got to wear like a giant, It looks like a giant black Gore-Tex oven mitt yes. that has mysterious red it light inside no of it. no thumb yeah. pocket so you just your whole hand is in it and you can't get anything done the mysterious red light cannot be overstated here the mist its mysteriousness <laughs> its odd quality and like the you know the neoprene body gloveness mm-hmm. of this thing that this it's really is like anything could be inside there it, like it's it says, designed it's... to be a void into which you, it's like a trust fall where you put your hand into the void and a red light comes out. It says it's mitten-like. <laughs> it's mitten-esque. It's uh, not do, a mitten. For legal reasons, we cannot claim it. We cannot. It unfortunately, fails to meet the FDA standard for it's mitten. A hand, it's a hand pocket. It's an out, outside hand pocket. Well, all right. So, Jesse, you get the illuminated earwax remover. 
Gene, for this holiday season, I'm giving you the cordless LED mysterious hand pain relieving Woo! mitt. Two I'm of glad, them. I'm glad none of you snapped up the world's largest putting pool table. <laughs> it's a putting it's a putting surface that's shaped like a pool table. If you, this is a time when we all should try to be a little less material, especially since everyone's a lot of people are hurting these days. If you want to make your holiday season giftless, which is kind of an awesome thing to do, just uh, get a free copy of the Hammaker Schlemmer, the Hammaker Schlemmer catalog, and sit down with your family and pay this thought experiment: What junk would I take if I had to take something? And you will feel so happy that no one gave you a single gift this year. And as you do it, just simply. Send $25 to MaximumFun.org as a royalty, because I invented this game. Page by page. Wait, there's an air-propelled bowling game. <laughs> oh, there's more. You can always more. load more. I forgot. There's so much more. There's so much more. Basketball hoop? Where would I put that? Gene, please close the Hammaker Schlemmer website. Okay, but can I just say one more thing that we bought for the house? Yeah, please. Um, this is going along with that, like, you needing to find, like, joy all over the place. So um, I, I re well, like, in the past two years, I found out about the the wonder of electric fireplace inserts. Sure. Because um, we had one in our, in our last place, and we, like, did an entire built-in around it, and it was amazing and wonderful. Um, I grew up with the fireplace, and... All, and never had it again in another like house or apartment or anything. Um, and although this is a very old house, a lot of things were covered up. So we believe there's a fireplace hiding. Um, but we did not want to be in this house without a fireplace. So in... You're just smashing down walls looking for it? <laughs> I would like to. I know you in, Trying to uh, find the right uh, electric fireplace insert to build into something I'm, I'm, I'm creating, like a building mantles around them. We now have four of them, and they all operate differently. But one of the best things that I did in the past month um, was to put them all in the living room and turn them all on at once. Four fireplace inserts? Yes. One for each wall? No, some just in the middle of the floor because they're just okay. the log. <laughs> some in a cabinet. Gene, would you do me a favor when... Mm -hmm. when, when I've already all... taken a picture. Okay, yeah. Let's please send it in to Jennifer Marmer mm -hmm. so we can get that up on the Judge John Hodgman Instagram. Mm -hmm. And they're very now, cheap. There we go. That's another way to, to, to liven up the winter solstice. Fold away illuminated bowling arcade game. Let's close the Hammaker Schlemmer catalog and move on to yeah. some more justice. Aaron says, we live in Michigan, which gets cold in the winter. Every winter, my husband and I battle over the thermostat. I'm cold. He's hot. I turn the heat up. Mm -hmm. He turns it back down. I wear slippers and sweatshirts and blankets. All I want is to be cozy and not shivering while wearing multiple layers. He frequently turns the heat down to 65 to 67 degrees. Ugh. 
I want Judge Hodgman to order that we maintain our thermostat at a minimum of 70 degrees in the winter months, which is what I feel is a typical or average household temperature. I'd really prefer 72 degrees to be extra cozy, but we'll compromise at 70 degrees. Michigan is a cold, cold place mm-hmm. in the winter. You know what Michigan is? No. Mitten-like. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's like a giant, mysterious hand warmer. It's the giant, mysterious hand warmer of the Great Lakes. That's what yeah, they call why it. Why is that red light emanating from it? <laughs> what is the glow? Oh, I, you know, this is such a common dispute in life and certainly in the Judge John Hodgman mailbag. I've heard some hearsay over the years that gender assigned at birth men tend to run biologically hotter than gender assigned at birth women. There's research about that in offices. Is there? Yeah. Yeah. And th- and therefore there there is this fight over the thermostat constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what uh, what do you think, Jean? Do you do you and Quelle, your husband, uh, have this dispute? Well, this is our first time. I mean, I also I think my my first time living in a place where we are in control of our own heat. Oh right, and having a thermostat because coming right. from New York, like that's not a thing. Like right. it's just on, and you're either like, "My skin is falling off, I'm dying, I'm burning, it's so hot," or like, right. "I'm freezing." So right. we we've never had the chance to do that, and this is our first uh, thermostat living together. He's he's had you know this experience before, um, and he is a generally um, like. Uh, like a walking radiator that's just constantly like a bleeding radiator. He is very right. warm all right. the time. Right. And I generally, um, because I'm dead inside, I'm just <laughs> freezing. Um, that's why you have four fireplace inserts in one room. That's why I have them all over the place. That's right. And which is also part of our kind of compromise so I can get my like heat in areas where I really want it. But, Jean sleeps on one of those heated logs like a lizard in a terrarium. <laughs> Let me tell you, if yeah. I could enclose part of the bedroom like that, I would 100% do it. And then just like a little water bowl and I would roll over and just throw my face into it because I get very thirsty at night. That sounds awesome. That's right. Uh, a few crickets to munch. A few crickets. Listen, thank you. I think... We we haven't finished our bedroom, and maybe this is part of the construct. Just Jean's yep. heat lamp terrarium. Yeah, mm-hmm. build. Yeah, we ought to we ought to start a build Jean a terrarium fund. Thank you. Yeah. Please go to Jean buildgeenaterrarium dot com and donate what you can. Um, you know, just donate any money you're going to use for yourself. It really is what yeah, I'm. If asking. you're buying a five hundred dollar mm-hmm. eight foot fiber optic tree. Mm-hmm. Throw Jean a little bit of money so she can buy that multicolored gravel to put on the floor of her bedroom. Yeah, buy me that. Just give me that five hundred dollars. Just give me. I need the gravel. What are we really talking about here? So as um, things but, are getting colder in Baltimore, are you guys yeah. starting to to fight over that thermostat or what? No, we don't fight. Um, I think seventy seventy two feels like the normal thing that I've heard in life and we've tried it a few times. I think mm-hmm. it's great in the, I, I, 
I think 70 is a good compromise. I, I didn't know I was going to feel the difference between something feel, being like 69 or 70. But that gets right. to the point in a day. And um, and if I'm feeling a little cold, I'm like, hmm, I feel like it should have switched over by now. That feels like it, hmm, it's, it's at least yeah. fallen below a 68. Um, I think 70s, that's where we have it right now. Does this come up in California, in Los Angeles, Jesse Thorne, between you and Teresa at all? No, this was a concern when I lived in San Francisco, a little cooler in the winter Mm -hmm. in San Francisco. Uh, But I don't think I ever had a thermostat until I moved to Los Angeles that Mm -hmm. wasn't the kind where you move a little stick left and right (laughs) and you're really looking at five degrees-ish of precision. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. It's like a little mercury-powered spring or something that powers a... A furnace from 1928. Right. My mom mom really does have a furnace. Her furnace is huge and terrifying in the basement. And it really is from like 1930. We had a furnace like that in in our basement when I was growing up. And it was this massive cast iron nightmare machine. Yeah. That with with tendrils going out to all of the different hot air registers throughout the house. It was... Very impressive and very terrifying. But it's definitely a question between my wife and I where we have very strongly different preferences. And it is the classic, uh, I am usually too warm and she is usually too cold. For me, I have always, I had always attributed it to being a native San Franciscan, like any, any temperature below 60 or above 70 seems uncomfortable to me. So like anytime I'm not wearing a sweatshirt, I feel uncomfortable. And indeed, like when I read Erin say that she wants to be cozy in the house, my immediate thought was that I am much more cozy in a sweater when it's 68 than I am uh, in a shirt when it's 73. Yeah, Erin, I mean, it costs a lot of money to heat a house in Michigan, I bet, during the winter because it's cold there. So you do want your home to be a refuge from the cold not just a version of the cold. Mm -hmm. You do want, (laughs) you definitely want to feel a real difference between the the outside and the inside. You're not just looking for reduced brutality. Right. And I kind of feel like 65 is pretty low for inside Mm. temperature. But I also concur with you, Gene, and you, Jesse, that coziness, if that's what you're after, Aaron, coziness is enhanced by woolens and socks and sweatshirts and blankies and throws and usually like a point a, like a, a a focused source of heat like a, a roaring fire or one of Gene's many electric fireplace inserts that to me is mm-hmm. coziness so for ambient temperature I'm, I'm I think I need to rule in favor of Aaron but not all the way up to 72 and not even all the way up to 70. I think the appropriate compromise here is 69.999. If you have that level of control, (laughs) put it at 69.999 because 999 upside down is 666, the number of the beast. I I looked on energystar.gov, the the federal government's energy efficiency website. Oh, we have a federal government? I know. Well, hopefully we still do by the time this episode comes out. 
they recommended 68, but uh, said 70 is also acceptable. Shooting for 68 is hmm. is what they recommend. And I think probably even more important than the difference between 68 and 70, for example, is certainly 69.9999999 and 70 <laughs> is, uh, you know, a, a smart thermostat, not a computer thermostat, but a programmable thermostat is yeah. very inexpensive and easy to install. And uh, you just make sure that you are heating your home less when you are asleep uh, mm -hmm. and when you are away from the house uh, when leaving the house <laughs> returns to our lives. Yeah, you know what? But put uh, Santa Claus in charge of the thermostat because he knows when you're sleeping and he knows when you're awake. So yeah. terrifying. He's the original smart thermostat. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, 69 feels right to me. That's the best number. And by the way, Aaron, when you're really, really cold there in Michigan, think of late June. June 21, 22, depends. That's the summer solstice, the longest day of the year. Unless you're in the southern hemisphere, in which case, psych, it's the longest again, because the earth <laughs> is a globe. <laughs> Jesse, Gene, before we go to a break, can either of you guess where the holiday known as Midwinter Holiday is celebrated in June? It could be my hometown, because we are uh, the reverse. Cape Town? Mm -hmm. Yep. You're in the Southern Hemisphere. We are. We're the flips. We're the flipsies. Uh, uh, close, but not cigar. Close, but not cigar. That's a okay. saying I just made well. up. Well, <laughs> <laughs> same to you then. Antarctica. Every Southern oh. Hemisphere winter solstice, all of the research stations in Antarctica stop what they're doing and celebrate midwinter holiday. And they have a feast based on whatever they have around because they cannot take any shipments during the winter. Huh. And, do you know, and do you know what some of them do as a ritual? They watch the thing. <laughs> what? What? They watch the movie John Carpenter's The Thing, which is about a research station that is snowed in and then, uh, and then terrorized by an alien creature that wants to eat them. That's their holiday. I'm telling you, Jesse, when we get to Jennifer Marmer, when we get to do live shows again, book Antarctica, please. I, I want to do I a huge... Love it. Are you booking Antarctica as a guest bailiff? Yeah, we can all go. We can all go. Just do a huge midwinter holiday pageant in Antarctica. The frozen body of Shackleton or whatever is the guest bailiff. <laughs> you know, John, I have been in the very dawn days of podcasting, maybe the the proudest moment of my entire podcasting career. And maybe I'm going to say 2005, perhaps uh, there was a call that went out on the Yahoo group for podcasters mm -hmm. that said, I am sending data CDs of content to Antarctica via airplane for Antarctica's radio station. If you send me data files and give me permission to air them on Antarctica's radio station, I will. And uh, I sent in MP3s of the sound, then called The Sound of Young America, now my NPR show Bullseye. Right. Uh, and it was the thrill of a lifetime to know that they were airing in, uh, in frozen Antarctica. I'm wearing a Ross Island Trail System Antarctica t-shirt that was sent to me by listener Dave from Antarctica. 
I still don't understand why listener Dave was in Antarctica. He wasn't even a scientist, if I remember correctly. He was working on painting things. I don't. I guess they need someone to paint things, and I don't. And and I think that this was not sent from Antarctica. I think he brought it from Antarctica and then sent it to me. He also sent me a T-shirt that said "Take only one banana, please," because apparently, apparently, there's a big problem with banana hoarding at the in the cafeteria at this particular whatever research station he was at. Apparently, uh, Jennifer Marmer, our producer's grandma, went to Antarctica. Oh, she's nodding along. Did she come back? Oh, that's good. That's good. That's That's good. A a midwinter holiday miracle. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear disputes about scratch-off lottery tickets and an update from a past litigant about solar panels. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Welcome back to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. We're clearing the docket. We're joined by our friend Jean Gray. Here is a dispute from Sarah. She says, My husband and I both dislike receiving scratch-off lottery tickets as gifts. We both feel that they are a waste of money and they rarely result in winning anything other than more lottery tickets. However, several members of my family enjoy giving scratch-off lottery tickets as gifts. It's a, quote, tradition, unquote, started with my grandfather, Pop, who is no longer with us. My husband says we should ask my family to stop giving us lottery tickets and to save their money. I feel that if my family members get enjoyment out of giving us lottery tickets, we should just let them continue. Well, Jesse, Jean, what do you think? Should Sarah and her husband honor Pop or throw his legacy into the garbage like so many used $1 New York State Lottery Snow Me the Money cards? (laughs) A real scratch-off card. I have immediate strong feelings about this, John. Please. Mm-hmm. I'm not a gambler. No. I went on an entire trip to Las Vegas where all you I don't did know, was You put... don't know when to hold them, nor do you know when to <laughs> fold them. No. 
I went an entire trip. You don't trip know when to, to walk away. Usually you're walking closer and people are like, what are you even doing? Are you a well, gambler? It's, not, you're like, it's no. not his fault. It's because the song doesn't tell you when to at all. It just presents the problem and then there's no resolution or no suggestions. It's one uh, of those if you've got it, you've got it situations. It's not right. intended to be instructional. It's about an essential quality of a human being. I guess. Uh, Jesse, you and I are islands in the stream and I, and I talked all over you there and I apologize as your friend and partner. So please go ahead. I went on an entire trip to Las Vegas once where I just put $1 into an Antiques Roadshow slot machine because I was so excited there was Antiques Roadshow themed slot machines. I'm so happy. (laughs) I had no idea. Oh my goodness. Oh my days, as they say on uh, Love Island. It was a really fun trip to Las Vegas. Las Vegas is not my favorite place to visit, but um, uh, I stayed at the Golden Nugget. And which really does have a giant golden nugget, which I didn't know. That's uh-huh. it's, uh, it has a titular golden nugget, and it, there was a women's bodybuilding competition going on uh, in the hotel at the time. So it was just full of enormous muscled women and their tiny uh, male handlers, which was just a great vibe. Just in general, it was wow. just like this is cool. <laughs> this is great. This is why you want to go to Las Vegas. Um, but yeah, I, I am not a gambler, but I have to say that as a non-gambler, I think it is a waste of money to spend your money on scratch-off lottery tickets, mm-hmm. but I think this family tradition is fun, and if I was in a family where it was a family tradition to give lottery tickets out as gifts, I would think it was very fun to get them as gifts, yeah. as long as no one was spending an amount of money on them that was problematic you know i wouldn't want i wouldn't want my mother-in-law beth to buy me 500 dollars in lottery ticket where lottery tickets where it would you know cramp her household budget i would only want her to do that if it was offsetting her purchase of a seven and a half foot fiber optic tree mm-hmm. yeah but, yes, but i mean right. if it if it was in the scale of uh of an appropriate gift in my wife's family they give each other 20 dollars gifts usually right. and they do right. a secret santa type situation i would think that would be fun a twenty dollar lottery ticket. That that's that's quite a that's quite a ticket. Well, twenty one dollar lottery tickets or ten two dollar lottery tickets. And then, you know, the the net proceeds probably mm-hmm. depending on the state go to schools or something. What do you think, Gene? You are a gambler. I know that because we went to Las <laughs> Vegas together. You do. State of the El Cortez Hotel. I did not see an antiques roadshow slot machine there i'm very upset about no it. Th- i didn't see one either you were very successful uh at at your uh at your slot machine for a while for a while and then uh and then uh for a while and then and then it was not and i was like yeah you should have gotten out of here i was uh down there until three o'clock in the morning and uh didn't go well for me I'm sorry. um but i i i love slot machines i love vegas i i love you know the whole vibe of the place however I have a song on that mind that's not how you do that adult instructional trilogy <laughs> called you're not going to win the lottery mm-hmm. about me being annoyed especially in bodegas uh when people are in front of me in line having me in there all day because they're picking their Uh, goddamn numbers and i'm like you know what how about you just step to the side and let everybody else go because i want to get out of here you're not going to win the lottery it's not going to happen i know you want to do this that being said 
I under I like you how you gonna be mad at Pop for wanting you for also getting joy like out of buying his lottery tickets and then being gracious enough to be like, and you know what? Because this is how Pop sounds. <laughs> I want to give it to you so that maybe you can win a million dollars and then be like, oh, I don't want that. That's rude. Take your lottery tickets. I want someone to give me lottery tickets. I'll take them. In the secular observance of, of midwinter holiday, there's a creature called the Grinch. Somebody just can't get into it. Mm-hmm. Now, look, gambling gambling is a, can be a, a, a seriously destructive addiction. And I certainly wouldn't want my aunt or aunt, as we say in New England, who's got a gambling problem, buying $5,000 worth of scratch tickets to give to me, even though that would greatly increase my chances of winning. That would be bad. So I don't mean to diminish gambling, uh, its deleterious effects, but... I come, I come from a family where I had a grandfather named Pop. We get some scratch-off tickets in our stockings. It's fun. It's like there's so much... If you're, sto- if you're stuffing a stocking, it's going to be junk anyway. Might as well have something to do for five seconds. Maybe you'll win 25 bucks. You can't fill a whole stocking with Satsumas. One thing I learned looking into this <laughs> is that the Maryland lottery has an extremely elaborate web page detailing all the different scratch-off games they have. Hmm. There's a scratch-off finder where you can oh, you can filter them by uh, payout, by, by uh, what kinds of games there are. Uh, there's Celebrity even, you, endorsers. Cal well, Ripken Jr. Oh, yeah. wow. Uh, John Waters. <laughs> oh, John Omar Waters scratch-off would, would be amazing. Yep. Character Omar, just yeah. the character Omar yeah. from the Omar scratch off. Yeah, you come at the king, you best not miss. Uh, you can even get a sortable, exportable spreadsheet that you can download. It's an incredibly elaborate website. So, oh. yeah, Gene, I'm going to send you, uh, you and Quella each, a peppermint payout times three. I don't want that. I don't want that. I want. No. We're not talking about Pop sending us lottery tickets. This is John Hodgman sending us something. And we want slot machines. So you're going to send us each a slot machine? Or you send us nothing? I'll tell you what I want. I'll tell you what I want. I want to get back into the seat of that huge Game of Thrones <laughs> was slot machine that I played in the El Cortez. It was like 12 feet tall. <laughs> And it surrounded you. And like you I like had, got you had to get into it. Like yeah, you I didn't was, just sit down. You got into the slot machine. Right. And much. I it was like surround sound. It was mm-hmm. incredible. Like you're playing uh, Need for Speed at the arcade or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But but bigger, just more. It was just and it and I was doing so well on it. It was so loud. For a Did long time. Did you sit on an and, iron throne? I sat on an iron throne and it, you know what? I got some scratches because that's, you're supposed to be reminded okay. as the ruler that, but the, you know, it had all these voices in it, including this Peter Dinklage sound alike who would say things like, well done or whatever. Mm-hmm. And after a while of this, I realized, oh, from an 826 Valencia event I did a million years ago, I have Peter Dinklage's email. So at two o'clock in the morning in Las Vegas, I emailed oh, Peter no. Dinklage to say, did did you record your own voice for this Game of Thrones slot machine that I'm in? Five minutes later, yes. That was the whole email back. 
The dink is a straight shooter, John. Yeah, he told me the truth. Told me the truth. Okay, so we finally have some follow-up here from Carrie in Minnesota, who you may remember from episode 443, Daylight Savings Crime. I wasn't the bailiff on this episode, John. What what happened? That's right. Ify Wadaway was uh, our guest bailiff that week. The host of Maximum Fun's own film show, Who Shot Ya? Exactly. And member of the Legion of Guest Bailiffs. Long live the Legion. And so for your benefit and yours as well, Gene, Kari brought the case against her husband, Joshua, about the home solar panels that he had installed. And she was feeling that his obsession with energy efficiency was getting out of hand. Uh, and, and so what did Kari have to say? Joshua's excited to report that we went net zero on electricity for the year. In fact, we produced 69 more kilowatt hours than we consumed. Wait, how many? 69. <laughs> Sorry, I want to write that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It was a squeaker, but we did it. Joshua is complying well with your ruling by majorly toning down the frequency of his stats reports and back-of-the-envelope jottings. It's been a win-win. Thanks for your help. And they sent in a photo, which if you scroll down, Gene, you can see Mm -hmm. Josh snow squeegeeing his solar panels on his shed. That's what's up. In Minnesota. Oh, boy, oh, boy. You know, look, I spend part of the time and even part of the winter in Maine, but I'm telling you, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, they get the real winter. That's the real stuff there. Mm-hmm. i tell you, I think, I think if, you, if you've gone net zero and you've put out 69.999 whatevers, you've earned yourself a fiber optic Christmas tree, you guys. Happy midwinter holiday. It's impressive cold that looks cold it's very cold it looks that, cold that was taken it, recently you know how you just you look at something you're like yeah but it's snow you're like ah but i just I know. feel it like i the, can feel it the 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 yeah that's the, the, the there's snow all over the ground there's snow all over the roofs there's snow all over the trees and the tops of the gates and we record this in advance this was recorded in august so <laughs> minnesota is not I love I love Minnesota. Never seen a more bleaker landscape than in Minnesota in the middle of February as I drove from uh, Minneapolis uh, St. Paul Airport to Morris, Minnesota, to do a show up there at the University of Minnesota at Morris, which is up on up on the way to Fargo. And I would just drive through what literally seemed to be abandoned towns, like nothing was open. No one was on the streets, no cars in the streets. I'm like, where is everybody? And then I would crest a hill. And then I would see down off to my left, one of these lakes they have, they have about 10,000 of them. Mm-hmm. And I Roughly. realized, <laughs> I realized where the town was. It was on the lake. Everyone had moved onto the frozen lake. There was trucks after truck, after truck, after fishing camp, after fishing camp, after fishing camp on this lake. Wow. Hardy, hardy people, hardy people up there in Northern Minnesota. John, I'll never forget when I, when my radio show was with Public Radio International, which was based in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Yeah. Having a phone conversation with my person there. We had a weekly meeting. Her name was Heidi, very kind woman. And I'll never forget the feeling I had when when Heidi said to me that she was hiring a man later that day to clear the snow from her roof. And I said, oh, it doesn't just fall off or whatever. And she says, no, if a man doesn't come to clear it, my house would collapse. <laughs> oh my lord! Oh 
my face. <laughs> That's uh, oh my too much snow. I like a little bit of snow. I like a, a snow apocalypse here and there because it gives it. It was originally the excuse to be like, "Oh man, I'm sorry that got canceled. Can't do it." Right. And at this you point, I just want to. You don't see, need a snow apocalypse anymore. No, we don't need it. But I right. do want to see the environment like do something else. <laughs> like, <laughs> like just just do something else, and then it would give me a reason to be like, oh, I can't go do anything like for a different reason. Yeah. That would be great. The docket's clear. That's it for another episode of Judge John Hodgman. Our thanks to our friend Jean Gray for joining us this week. You can find her on Twitter at Jean Greasy and on Bandcamp at jeangray.bandcamp.com, J-E-A-N-G-R-A-E.bandcamp.com. Jean has some holiday EPs up on Bandcamp right now, including uh, one called, (laughs) with her husband, (laughs) Quelly Chris, called (laughs) Merry (laughs) Pocalypse. How fitting. That's fun. Um, gosh, and there's all kinds just... of other stuff that she's created up there, inclu- including the uh, uh, the adulting uh, uh, trilogy, right? You're, yeah, that's check not out how you do um, that. Uh, all the that's not how you do that, which does include the song. You're not going to win the lottery. Our producer is the ever capable Jennifer Marmer. You can follow us on Twitter at Jesse Thorne and at Hodgman. We're on Instagram at Judge John Hodgman. Make sure to hashtag your Judge John Hodgman tweets hashtag JJHO and check out the Maximum Fun subreddit to discuss this episode. Submit your cases at MaximumFun.org slash JJHO or email Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. We'll see you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.